Torturous, just doing two episodes at a time. So, but now it's torturous doing four episodes at a time oh, because gosh. it's doubly, doubly horrific. And uh, spoiler alert: we're doing five episodes next week. <laughs> we got to stick to the format. Okay, <laughs> we can do this. Let's get this over with because this, we got because we got to rip this bandaid off because uh-huh. it's painful. So we're talking about the rest of the season. Uh, I almost said season five, but that's the other podcast. Uh, <laughs> season one, uh, the other side, um, Jezebel's, the bridge, and night. 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 Very ominous. So uh, blessed be the fruit. Um, Oh, made the Lord open. Mm-hmm. Under his eye. Oh. So, uh, the other side. <laughs> uh, my first thing here is about the flashbacks. Um, so, we- yeah, there's not much to talk about because it's just uh, Luke. It, it's just, is it the flash? You know, are we going to talk about the flashback? Oh, gosh. Luke? Yeah, sorry. I put this like in order of, in chronological order of this episode. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is uh, the, we, we start off with uh, June and him and uh, their daughter Hannah being hidden in a trunk, and because mm-hmm. uh, oh wait, let's talk about this guy. This guy mentions that the the way he knows June is because June's mother gave him a vasectomy after it was against the law. Yeah. What? Making laws about men's bodies? What? I know, that's a crazy thing, but uh, yeah, I mean, the the seed is uh, very blessed, and we don't want to uh, corrupt the seed, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> or is... Wait, the seed? No. The, so, at this time... I'm trying to think of... Is the woman the seed? No, no, because the men spread their seed. This is gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at this time, births are difficult because remember when she had Hannah, Hannah was the only baby in the nursery. Right. And the woman tried to kidnap Hannah. So this is like, I don't know, what do you think Hannah is like seven right now? Maybe five? Oh, four. Four. Yeah, she's little. So this is mm-hmm. a few years later. Um, and so Whitford. Um, has them destroy their phones, just immediately throws them on the ground, stamps on them, uh, get rid of their backpacks, but Luke will not let go yeah, of the memories. Right. Can't carry anything. Can't look like you're trying to run. Right. Yeah. Luke's the, the, the sentimental one. Yep. You know, he's the he's the one wanting to carry the memories mm-hmm. and June's just like, we gotta go. Do whatever he says. So eventually they get uh, to a cabin and Whitford teaches them how to use a gun. And he's just like, you know, he's 
he, he'd be like me in this situation, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, whatever to save my save my family, but also I'm completely clueless about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what you know. Edward is watching this with me last week, and he was like, "Why don't they have guns?" Hmm. You know, that's the answer for everything. Get a gun. Well, I'm assuming you know they're pretty limited. Um, right. Well, you know they they martial installed law. martial law, yeah. and you know all bets are everything's changed. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I'm sure the Second Amendment, uh, minion, Second Amendment doesn't <laughs> banana uh, <laughs> <laughs> apply. Why are they here? I don't understand. How did the minions come to the show? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, they need Canadian passports because U.S. passports don't mean shit, according to Whitford. Um, what else? Uh, so yeah, they they Whitford leaves them the cabin. And we just slip into just like they're 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 on their own and they're happy and we have James Taylor playing we have pancake fun and they're like skipping stones it's like they're on vacation and then this hunter finds them and they realize it's time to go <sighs> and it's like dread immediately you know mm-hmm. but it turns out the hunter is uh, a friend or a, you know somebody who is compassionate and tells them that people are looking for them and they know, they know the car. And Whitford and is Whitford's never coming dead. back. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> he got hung in town, and so now we know. Like they knew that they know the car, so that now we know when we see them, you know, being chased by police. That's why they they probably you know recently left the cabin and got spotted. And so, um, so we have uh, uh, like my first note for this uh, this this part is like just I can't imagine being in this situation, just trying your best to get get away and um, uh, and then just like crashing your car. And so we see Luke's point of view of you know him telling the girls to run, and he's just loading the gun, you know, and he's getting ready to just have a last stand to give his uh, wife and daughter a chance. So that's kind of scary. Yeah, and and I, this whole time I'm thinking, how is Luke free in either Canada or Mexico? How did he not go after June and Hannah? And this episode plays out to explain how he was rescued and sent, made it to safety without having, you know, without the feeling of he's got to go after June. He can't abandoned June and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this just sucks. It's like he's he's obviously he's doing his best, but like as soon as these guys pull up, he immediately gets shot, and then he wakes up in an ambulance. And then, crazily enough, they hit. There must be like black ice on this road because they slip. They slid off the road. Then all of a sudden, they're in an amb- he's in an ambulance which flips over like an embankment or whatever. So yeah, that's a pretty cool uh, shot. The inside of the ambulance that's just flipping over as he's just like. Luckily, he's strapped to the gurney while everybody else is bouncing mm-hmm. around. Yeah, that's what kept him safe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so he steals a bag, a jacket, a gun. He gets back to his car and he goes into the woods and he finds a shoe and a bunny and he doesn't know where they went to. Um, and so he makes his way to an abandoned town, which looks like uh, I don't know. There's like spray paint, like you know, really like. Homophobic, nasty uh, things sprayed on buildings. So I'm wondering, like, I don't know, is it was the town known for having, you know, gay a, a gay element? <laughs> I don't know. I immediately was thinking oh, like Provincetown or something like that, but then I was like, no, this geographically doesn't work. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a whole bunch of nasty spray paint all over the place. And the, like the town looked completely abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Luke finds his way onto like a bus of strays. There's a, as they say, an army brat, two strays, a gay and a nun. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the strays has an ear tag Looks pretty traumatized She's an uh, escapee from the Red Center And we find out about the leader, Zoe Who rescued that girl Yeah, I really like that actress Her name is Erin Way Yeah And we know her from What is she in? She's been in all our favorite Canadian shows like <clears throat> oh, Excuse me <laughs> Supernatural and such, mm-hmm. but also what show is what show am I thinking about? I don't know. Uh, she plays um, a char- her character's name Alphas. is Aaron. Oh, Alpha. She was cat in the Alphas. I really liked her. I never watched that one. Good show. Um. So yeah, Luke tries to get off the bus. He left because he's guilty, but um, Zoe shows him this horrible church, <laughs> like. They tried to hide fertile women there, and then they just all got strung up. Like, tons of uh, parishioners are just hanging from the rafters. Yeah, it kind of answered my question from last week. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is, were they, was this a sect of religious people who were <gasps> just getting rid of, like, Catholics or other religious people? But uh, I think she answered my question when she said, These are people who fought back. These are people who questioned and fought back. And these are the people who are strung up. So they may be – these are actual religious people who who stood up to them. Right. Because this religious – because in these next four episodes, we we get to understand where this religiosity, religious piety is coming – you know, where this this, uh, government is coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, crazy town. That's where they come from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they come from the patriarchy. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he tells there. She tells him like he's he's dying. He wants to get back. He wants to somehow find them. Um, but she's like, this is what's going to happen to you if you go back. Because if you go back and fight, you're just going to die, and you're going to leave them all on their own anyway. So you might as well escape and figure out a way to you know get them back. You know. The other way, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Luke then has to trade morphine, Percocet, and then his wedding ring for a ride on this boat to New Brunswick, mm-hmm. uh, where our friends uh, Matt and Mel live, <laughs> <laughs> which is a safe place. That's good to know. Um, and then poor Zoe gets killed, and only Luke and that handmaid um, escape. And then we go, Aaron. Aaron, yeah. And then we go according to IMDb. <laughs> Because she's mute, she was she will not say anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, because and so that shows you how traumatized the uh, centers are that she just will not speak. Even later, you know, she's still mute. Yeah, three years later, she's still just not saying anything. And we're in Little America, otherwise known as Toronto. <laughs> uh, yes, and just like with the, the the females driving, you know, they took away their freedom of being able to drive. Like the way they handled this, especially later on in in you know the the refugee 
you know, just the thought of other countries are taking Americans who are refugees. Mm. It's just like that just makes your heart sink. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Canada is just a great place and and they would totally be above nonsense like this. <laughs> yes. And they would take refugees from anywhere. They would even mm-hmm. take refugees from America. Mm-hmm. And oh, excuse me. Excuse me. The United States, because the America, the Americas is Northern America is, a, is many places. Mm-hmm. The United States. That's true. Uh, um, it's, it's something I noticed here that uh, like three years later, like it's not all, you know, wine and roses there. It's, Luke still has his glasses that are cracked like three years later. So unless that was like an error in the props department, like it's not all great. He's not, he doesn't have everything provided for him. Um, um, you know, I'm sure resources are, are scattered. Um, if you get so many people flooding into the country at once. You're right. Yeah. Uh, this office that he goes into, uh, is we get their the first look at this and just the hallway just completely wallpapered with missing persons flyers and um and then he meets a woman named Rachel who says you know a woman named June Osborne and I was immediately like Joan Osborne what if God was one of us um and then he gives uh she gives Luke the note I love you so much save Hannah and just uh, uh, I forget what the actor's name is I'm blanking on it but the guy who plays Luke. What an amazing job. This, the, he needs a moment alone, and he's just kind of like looking out the window. He's looking like like so happy, and then just like the look of like, okay, so what now? Like it's scary to think about what she's been through, you know? And then we just kind of get a flash of, I think, June sitting in a room or off-red or whatever you want to call her. So that was a good up. I really like that up. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a very simple episode mm-hmm. so we go to Jezebel's oh Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> it's another what fresh hell this is another fresh hell <laughs> shit. Uh, I mean is I mean if being a handmaid wasn't hellish enough uh-huh. all right Jesus Christ so we got some Nick flashbacks uh, I got here at the top um, we have uh, apparently there's a problem with jobs after um well it seems like yeah the 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 revolution hasn't happened yet but it's some bad times it's, it must be some sort of big recession or whatever mm-hmm. um and so uh nick gets into a fight at the career counseling because this douchebag behind him <laughs> like what the yeah, hell yeah this was i mean i guess this is just supposed to show that tensions are high yeah. you know people are under a lot of stress but it's, you know, not the, sh- it's probably the worst, uh, uh, the worst scene in the, in this, this very good series, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but now this character of Andrew Price is yes. very, in- very telling, very interesting because he talks to Nick and yeah, he he quotes the Bible, but Nick is like, you know, that's really not in the Bible. It's something that people say and people assume that's in the Bible mm-hmm. because there are a lot. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of idioms that we use that do come from the Bible that we don't realize comes from the Bible, and then there's things that we assume is the Bible but is not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And whatever he says is not in the Bible. So it shows that this guy is not using this this movement. 
he's only using it to make his life better. Right. He's not, they're not actually using religion and the Bible and these ideas to make society better. They're just using it to promote their status in life. Um, yeah, and it's classic, you know, cult stuff as well. It's like, you're at your worst. Well, look, we're going to do something. We're going to clean up this country, you know? We're going to make... We're going to make America America great again. (laughs) And all these people who are taking these jobs away from you, we're going to punish them, and you're going to get a good job. And they call themselves the Sons of Jacob. Is that anything biblical that we should know about, or... I don't, I don't know. know. Jake Jacob was this guy, you know. I don't know. Um, I didn't look it up. <laughs> so, uh, so now now Nick is in his new job. He's a driver, and we see basically this is the, like the first time he's meeting uh, uh, Waterford. I mean, the sons of Jacob. Sorry to. Uh, that's like the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. I see this. You're talking to a person that has no idea. So, so if you want to elaborate, go for it. Well, it's just that you know, there's the, the the that's how kind of Israel was broken was started out. Uh, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um. So so yeah, these three big shots are in the back of this limo, uh, constructing this new government and what they're going to do after it all goes down. And uh, Guthrie said, "This just lard ass Guthrie uh, <laughs> says, uh, fertile women she's, are going to they should be collected and incubated." And they're like, "Oh, what about the wives?" And Price is like, "Well, the wives will make them present, you know." And Fred's like, "Well, we'll need a branding. Well, maybe we can call it uh, uh, the ceremony." And then Guthrie says, "That sounds biblical. They'll eat that shit right up." <laughs> yeah. So there, this is not coming from an. Authentic religious place. Mm-hmm. This is coming from a place where these commanders can put it, make a special place in government for themselves, so they can ride around in Mercedes driven by a driver and live in nice homes and have a woman cook for them, and they can oh work really hard at the office all day. Mm-hmm. And oh god, okay, I hate that. All right, go ahead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and we see we see Fred is impressed with uh, Nick's like the way he just kind of keeps to himself as he's driving and he's you know he's quiet or whatever. Um, so the next flashback we see is um, Nick and Rita finding the former off Fred hanging. So we can see that Nick has this extra reason to worry about what's going on with off Fred in this episode. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then we get a great uh, shot of Serena telling uh, Waterford, what did you think was going to happen? So he must have been, like, fooling around with her. Yes, yes. So uh, the women, the wives are starting to realize that what pressure, what effects what the men are doing is having on the rest of society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, then when one more flashback, uh, we have Nick reporting on Guthrie to Price, and these because uh, he's been sleeping with his handmaids and skimming on the transportation budget, and the, and Price makes Nick an eye and assigns him to Waterford. So, okay, he has a little bit more power in this house than we thought, and you know, but obviously his uh, 
his motivations are a little crossed. You know, he's, I'm sure he hates Waterford's guts, but also what would happen to Alfred if he said anything? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the regular episode, the regular part of the episode. So Alfred is, uh, you know, post coitus <laughs> with Nick. She's been seeing him a lot uh, and she's feeling bad because Luke is kind of fading from her memory. Um, and they're just, you know, they're really cuddly. They're really close, you know. Yes. I think Nick is falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. And then later on when he's real uh, distant to her. I think it's because he's worried that he'll have to tell on Fred and she will be collateral damage. Mm, yep. Um, so. Because at first it seems like he's jealous. Yeah. Of, 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 uh, Alfred and, of June and Fred. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's necessary. I think maybe he may be a little jealous that she's having to pretend to be his girlfriend. But I think he's more worried that he's going to have to tell on her. And she's just she's playing a really dangerous game. What? Why is she doing this? She's not telling him why. She's not telling him um, what's going on. Now, of course, the first time um, this happens, it's it, like she's totally innocent. She yeah. has no idea what's happening. And but the second time, she instigates it. She yeah. sets it in motion. This whole scene, like I forgot, I was like. I was like, "Oh, it's Jezebel." This is the this is the episode where Waterford takes uh, Alfred to uh, Jezebel's. But like, I was thinking to myself, "Man, watching this for the first time, like, like the first thing he's like, we got to do something about those legs." And then he shaves her. Like, he doesn't tell her what's going on. Uh, and then he gives her makeup, yes. and then he gives her the dress, and then the high heels, and then he takes her hair down and sniffs it like a creepo. And then he reveals he's taking her out. I mean, yes, the signs are there, but it also he could be just kind of like dressing her up for some sort of like you know date night yes, indoors. The, the way it, the way it all happened, it was just so I don't know, icky and disgusting. Oh, the shaving, you know. Ugh. <laughs> um, and and you know her her noting he's she's like thinking like oh he's done this before, you know, mm-hmm. not only with Serena but because the other he Alfred. doesn't. Well, yeah, he doesn't do this. Was a, it's like this? This way of living is he's not intimate with his wife, and it's like he needs this intimacy, so he has to go create this girlfriend. Yeah, because it's against uh, you know whatever religious law he has to do this with his actual wife, yeah. which is just ridiculous. <laughs> um. So. Um, yeah, Fred, uh, they, they go in the, the car, they cross the Charles, they go into Boston where even wives aren't allowed that, that he mentions. And then we head into Jezebel's and it's like this perfect scene where like they're playing Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit, which was like a perfect song for this. Just as her, as Alfred, as Alice entering, going through the looking glass and like to this strange place where like it's, it's. It's like a sex club, but it's also like 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 there's smoking and there's football in HD on the TV, and uh, you know it's like an echo of the past, but also just like this is like a bad place. Yeah, I mean, if the people who made these rules have to break the rules, then how messed up are these rules? Yes. Yeah. 
And then, you know, Fred reveals like, oh, these aren't just sex workers we have here. These are professors. They're athletes. They're like women that had jobs that don't, that are not useful anymore. (laughs) So just like, imagine just like building a career and then 10 years later, like ending up in a place like this and not having anywhere to go. And of course, uh, we have a uh, tearful reunion in the ladies' room with Moira, which uh, really happy to see her again. Yeah, I mean, it's just so like she has to play this character. Mm-hmm. You know, she's has to sleep with these men. Yeah, and she's you know, exactly, and she's gay. Oh, like, God, like, it's just so sick. Yeah. yeah, it's just so sick. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the first meeting is so like heartbreaking because it's just like a moment, and then this like superior, this boss or whatever comes in, and it's just like, you know, she's not gonna get them in trouble, but she's also like, this is done. You need to get back to work. And we were left with Offre just kind of like laughing and crying, trying just to pull herself together before she goes back out. Yeah, and Moira, she's wearing a nice blouse, but no bra underneath. Yeah. It's a very thin blouse, and. Oh god, it's just so sick. Okay, so you uh, anyway. <laughs> you mentioned today. You mentioned uh, when we were messaging back and forth, torture, uh, not torture porn, but misery, misery porn. Misery porn, yeah. Like when we when we watched Six Feet Under, like I just felt like it was just misery porn. Like it was just people being miserable for for the sake of being miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time. The first time I felt like this is just. This is torturous having to watch these people in these terrible situations, and then they up it, and then they up it, and they keep upping the misery mm-hmm. that these people are having to go through. So not only is June being forced to be this, okay, she is raped because she is fertile mm-hmm. to create a child, but also he has to have intimacy, so he invites her into his office to break the rules and to play Scrabble so he can get to know her. And that's the only way he can get it up and get the job done. Well, now he has to create her into this girlfriend that he takes out for nightlife. And she has to be his prostitute. I mean, it's just, when's, when is this going to end? And again, it's, it's that whole, like, it's the, it's not just the ceremony is very, uh, the ceremony is bad. Her having to be a girlfriend is bad. Her having to be a prostitute is it's even worse. When's it gonna end? And she had this like intimacy with Nick, the skin on skin, the, you know, actually making love in a bed, you know. Uh and now she's gotta do that with Waterford. Which is just gross. Um meanwhile, Nick is uh working with a Martha. Uh, uh I thought this was very interesting. She has was she a Michelin star chef? Or am I making this up? Yeah, she's, she, was a chef. she's she seemed like she knows her stuff in the kitchen, and she was very proud. So of So that's the that's the where Martha's come from. People, I would be a Martha in this society. I would be a Martha. <laughs> <laughs> you would know how to take care of a home, and you know how to cook, and so you'd yeah, be useful I don't, in a home. Now, without Pinterest, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how successful I would be, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was like he's exchanging, uh, you know, she's giving him like drugs and like pregnancy tests. Uh, and then he's giving her back like fresh spinach, which he happens to mention it comes from that garden, <laughs> which I'm like, I didn't see anything green in that garden. I just saw like dead flowers. <laughs> but 
Uh, and it looks like they might have been intimate in the past. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not going to, yeah, he's he's cutting it off because he's uh, he's now with June. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Alfred and Fred have sex, and he goes to sleep. She's got tears in her eyes, poor girl. And then after he's asleep, um, she sneaks out, and she goes to this elevator, and the door's open. And what was your reaction, Steph? <laughs> I was just like, people are just, they got to have their kinks. The sickos? You know. Uh, uh, this is the guy that was licking the girl whose hand had been cut he's off. A, he's a stump licker. <laughs> uh, which you know, every, everybody's got their thing. Yeah, yeah. Know. Whatever. I mean, okay. I mean, you know, whatever. If I was with a girl, you know, I like, a hand, I like I'd seeing be... David Boreanaz, uh, you know, tied up. You know, you gotta <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever. You know. Uh, so she meets up with Moira again, and uh, Moira said that uh, she. Escaped through like an underground She was trying to find this place called the female road Which is like the name of the underground And she got caught And she was prosecuted for being like a corrupting influence She didn't get sent back um, To the Red Center She had a choice to either go to the colonies Or Jezebel's And um, the only way to get out of either of those places Is uh, dead And uh, she's just completely lost hope And tells Alfred we're we're alone Mm -hmm. And uh, so which is very uh this is disheartening because of how spirited uh Moira was mm-hmm. in the flashbacks. Yeah. So, you know, when you've broke the spirit of a black woman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. And um also, you know, again, you know, handmaids, it's once a month. <laughs> Jezebel's it's probably every night. Several times a night. Mm. Yes, because yeah, because later on we find out that Fred knows her. Mm-hmm. He knows Ruby. So yeah, we have this Nick trying to end things with Alfred. When they get back, it's too dangerous. She could end up on a wall, and Alfred is like, she's gone through all this, and you know she's pretty broken herself. And she says, at least someone will remember me. And then he reveals his name is Nick Blaine, and he's from Michigan, but she. Is not impressed. She says, "Under his eye, guardian Blaine." <laughs> yeah, she's she's pissed at him. And then Serena gives Alfred her childhood music box. Why do you That's think weird. that she did I don't that? Know. I was thinking that too. I was like, "Why?" Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, she Alfred talks about. It. I love how she's like it's this classic. This is like perfect gift for her. It's a girl trapped in a box. She only dances when someone opens a lid or when someone winds her up, and then she says, "I will yeah, not I mean, be was that it, girl in the box." I mean, was it just as a? I don't know. Was it just as a parallel to what's going on with Alfred? It was I, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out what the what the deal was. Um, uh, maybe she was warming up to her before she finds out about everything. Um, but then Alfred carves. Uh, in the closet, you are not alone. So that's that episode. Uh, all right. So the bridge. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, just get, it just goes from bad to worse. Uh, um, I don't think I just I didn't. Was there flashbacks in this episode? I don't even remember. I'll get through mm, my notes here. It was mainly. It was mainly. It was mostly June. 
uh, talking, going to talk to Fred, getting him to take her back to Jezebel so she could pick up the package, and also being called early in the morning to the bridge because crazy town uh, Janine had kidnapped the baby because she had been sent to a new home mm-hmm. with very nice people. She's now but of she went, Daniel. So she kidnapped the baby and was, was like, this is a terrible place. I, I can't leave my baby here. He said he was going to take us away. Mm. He said he was. we had a future together. And they brought June there to talk her off the ledge. Right. I thought they were just going to, like, you know, just shoot her as soon as they got the baby away from Janine. Because she's so much trouble. I thought they would just have, have the men with the guns... The uh, the whoever the guardians just take her, yeah. the guardians just take her out. Yeah. Well, she's still got some precious ovaries. Um, That's true. But still, there there is a punishment coming. Anyway, uh, yeah. So the, so um, let me just touch on things that I you didn't mention. Like um, the the beginning, it's heartbreaking with her having to give the child up and the baby crying. Like that just rips my heart out. <laughs> um, and yes, because because Miss uh, Miss Aunt Lydia Put- Putnam, oh, Miss Putnam, she doesn't know how to take care of this child. Right. Just like Janine was like, you know, you're going to have to burp her halfway between feedings. Yes, and Putnam just has no; she has no like natural motherly instincts. Right. And, you know, they have the handmaids lined up outside the front door when she walks out. And she's trying to smile and keep her chin up. And she's just like, he's coming for me, you know. (laughs) Um, And then when they get to off Daniel's house, she's like, this is really far. And and, and Lydia's like, far from what? (laughs) And, yeah, because she wants to be near the baby. Um, Oh, uh, I also love the moment that... You know, um, Serena and uh, Naomi Putnam are walking along with the baby, and someone comes along and says, Oh, a baby! You know, and the guard's like, you know, Back off, ma'am, you know? Yeah. I was like, Oh, I need one well, of those. When <laughs> you're walking around with a baby. Wait. Yeah, I mean, that's how we feel all the time when we have a baby that is precious. Yeah. And, and uh, but in this world, <laughs> this is like carrying around, I don't know, like something extremely precious. Mm-hmm. Like right now, babies are a dime a dozen. There's babies everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if you were carrying around, I don't know something that was just so so odd, everybody would just have to stop and comment on it and touch it and see it. <laughs> and you would you would have to have an armed guard with you yep. all the time. Um, I noticed a couple of things um, when I think I think off Offred's going to the market with the the new Off Glen. And um, I noticed the street signs are just coordinates. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. No. And there's a church that was across the street that was just completely gated off. I guess they didn't probably have the money to CGI it burning or anything like that. So they just had big gates around it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Alma, I love I love when Offred meets with Alma and Al- uh, Offred immediately goes into the handmaid speak. Like, we've been sent good weather. And Alma's like, it's... It's freezing, dummy. <laughs> and so she goes, go to go see Rachel at Jezebel's. It's just a package for you. It's interesting that they use the name Rachel again. The, Rachel was the person that um, Luke talked to in Toronto. I'm sure it's not the same person. Um, uh, yeah. Well, Rachel wasn't, isn't Rachel, Rachel is Jacob's wife. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Alfred flirts with Fred to go to Jezebel's, um, and uh, the flirting. You see, like Nick getting like really worried, doesn't know what's going on, and there's this like it's so like you know crazy how he's like driving Fred and Alfred and and. Alfred's trying to play. She's like, Nick just needs to chill. And Fred's like, yeah, you just need to chill, Nick. <laughs> and as soon as they get there, like, Fred wants to go straight to the room. Oh, yeah, because he's so excited mm-hmm. that she's into this. Mm-hmm. And so they have sex. She wants to go to the bar. He says he's not dumb. He knows he knows what she's here for. And then he brings Ruby in, which is Moira. And he's in- insinuating a menage a trois, and she was like, "No, we're not friends like that." Nah, nah. Yeah, and then you know that's the beginning of Fred's irritation. <laughs> he thought it was going to be a really great night for him, and he, oh, I, oh, how he wants to be thanked when when he brings her in, you know. Uh, uh, Moira refuses to help, and Alfred calls her a coward, tells her not to let them grind her down, get her shit together, and fight. Yes, so she. Inspires Moira, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Fred is just, Fred comes out. He's just completely disgusted by her tears and says they're leaving. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, Serena and Rita have a drink. Serena is jealous of Mrs. Putnam. Um, Rita reveals that like she lost her son in the war. Like Naomi shouldn't complain that you could lose a child in an instant. Um, and also, poor Janine. Like her very first night at at the Daniels house is a ceremony night. <laughs> And that's when she freaks out. Mm. Jeez. Um, meanwhile, Nick is asking uh, Beth. Oh, uh, Beth is the Martha in the kitchen there. If there's any rebellion or any, any sort of plans at Offred or anything like that. And Beth realizes he's sweet on the handmaid. Uh, so yeah, Offred's brought to the bridge. Um, she's on, Janine's on the edge of the bridge with Angela or Charlotte. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... Aunt Lydia, I love Aunt Lydia is just like, you have to save that baby, you know? And so Offred, like, takes control of the situation and tells everybody to back up. And immediately they're like, who the hell is this? It's like, I'm going to save your baby, idiot, you know? (laughs) Drop the bullshit, you know? Yeah. And then she's like, we're going to go out drinking. We're going to go to karaoke. I'm like, oh, man, I want to go too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's heaven. Oh, man. It'd be a wild night to like get like uh, uh you know get get your drink on and do some karaoke with uh June and Janine. I'm I'm sure it'd be amazing. Yeah, we're crazy Janine. Yeah. Janine would be great to party with. Bring Moira too, it'd be a hell of a night. Um uh so um she tells her do what's the best, give the baby a chance to grow up, and so Janine hands the offered the baby and then jumps off the bridge. Yes, but she did not die. She did not die. Because I was like, when is this funeral coming? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here's, here's the funeral. funeral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. No funeral. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Aunt Lydia has a soft spot for uh, Janine, even though he called, she calls her, like, a stupid girl. She still sits by her bed while she's in, like, a, like a coma or something. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the eyes take Mr. Putnam and... Uh, Serena tries to help and Naomi lashes out at her to watch her own husband. Right. So this is where we get the idea that Nick, this is why Nick is upset because he's going to have, just like they turned Putnam in, they're going to, Nick is going to have to turn in Fred Mm -hmm. and June is going to suffer consequences as well. But 
So we go to the supermarket. Alfred gets some meat, but she also gets the package that was supposed to, she was supposed to get to Jezebel's. And as a note from where this is, praise to be, bitch, here's your damn package. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see also Moira, like, killing one of the customers at the club, putting on the uniform, driving off one of the black cars. And just, you're yelling, go, Moira, as the credits start. <laughs> yeah. Yay. You're like, I kn- we knew it was in there Yay. because, you know, you are... Tough mm-hmm. woman, you go. And I'm assuming she's already in Boston, so she's got a way to get to the the coast, you know, and grab a boat or something. Uh, well, it looks like I bet she probably just drove north as far as she could go, and then hoofed it until she couldn't go. Oh any yeah, that's further. right. That that shot of her in the next episode. Um, again, I don't think there's flashbacks in the next episode. Night. Oh, there's one. Um, right at the beginning where June meets Aunt Lydia for the first time. She goes into Red Center for the first time. Learns to be humble. Learns to say, I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia. And just like immediately mm-hmm. tased and then brought in a dark room and tagged, which is just oh, yeah. awful. Uh, dear, dear, do you want a one, two, three, one? Ugh. <laughs> It's just so, like, uh, horrible. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, offer. Like, oh, go ahead. Tagged like cattle. Like they're just. Yeah, cattle. Animals. Not human. Unhuman. Mm-hmm. Inhuman. Unwoman. Uh, Offred, uh, we see wandering home from the market and just no idea what's in this package. Oh, I know. Because I'm thinking the whole time I'm thinking it's a bomb. Yeah. Because there's a, a quick mention in one of these episodes that some Marthas have been caught conspiring. Yeah. They were planning something. So I'm like, is this C4? What is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't swing my bag around too much. Mm-hmm. And I like the quote here where she's, you know, she's kind of confident. She's working for Mayday. And she says, they should, she, they should have never given us uniforms if they didn't want us to be an army. Yeah, because she says, you know, we we look at each other a certain way, mm-hmm. and we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, Alfred's feeling pretty good. Everything okay? Yes, I'm preheating the oven. I'm going to cook a pizza. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what's going on, folks. I'm not editing. Um, so uh, I love, yeah, Alfred hides the package, comes out of the bathroom, and immediately gets, like, smashed across the face by Serena, which the slap in the face is one thing, but it causes her head to get slammed into the door frame. Yeah, that's, that was the... Which the, causes the blood the to start running. Yeah. yeah. So she makes her take a pregnancy test, and it's this really tense scene where, like, Alfred can't go, and Serena's just, like, supping a child. And then, you know, she finally gets urine out and then leaves Alfred to clean herself up and just, like, closes the door and collapses in the other room in front of the pregnancy test. And it's just, like, praying, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it's positive. Alfred's pregnant. And so she tells Alfred, he answered our prayers. And Alfred says, you think I prayed for this? Which, ugh. Yeah, she- she prays to stick that uh, yard shear in her neck. She doesn't pray for yeah. bringing a child into this world. Right. Uh, so uh, Serena um, now 
and goes and talks to uh, Fred and like offers a game of Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, even though he's saying, "Oh, I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I'm so busy. I've got work piling up." And he's like, "Yeah, and you know, we, we can't do that. You know the law." And Serena's like, "Yeah, I helped write it." <laughs> yeah, that's what's so, that's that's sick too. Mm-hmm. That she's suffering from this law that she, you know, wrote. Mm-hmm. And then she warns, like, again, it's like, you know, keep your hands off of this one. She's not going to have this one hanging from the ceiling. And then Fred, like, turns it around on her. He's like, listen, you know, you brought lust into this house. You came on to me. And now, you know, and I had to get rid of that lust. And now, you know, now this is all your fault. <laughs> Sick. So uh, she says he's she's offers pregnant. And then she says it isn't yours. God wouldn't let you pass on your weakness. You can't father a child because you're not worthy, which uh, Fred is stunned by. Whose baby could it be? I wonder if he believes it or or not. Well, I, I bet he probably had a feeling that he was sterile. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we have Nick and Offred having this like tender moment, where just like like they're holding hands, and Offred saying it's terrible, and Nick saying actually it's not, it's not terrible, it's a beautiful thing, you know. And then Serena, yeah, so he, Serena sees this and she's relieved because I guess she's glad that they are actually having a connection instead of June and Fred having a connection. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know, she's. I, I wonder how much like she sympathizes with Offred at all, um, or or how she wishes that she had somebody that would be tender with her, yeah. and that showed affection and loved her like that. Maybe she just feels like this is a moment I'm going to be lenient, and this is before she tells Offred to get in the car and they're going to take a little drive together. Okay, yeah, this is weird because I was like, where are they going? Because they're not going with Nick. Yeah. She's made other arrangements mm-hmm. and she tells, what does she tell Alfred to not mess up the curtains? Hmm, I don't know about the curtains. Uh, she tells Alfred to stay in the car and then she goes to this building and walks out and there's little Hannah wearing pink. And Alfred is just completely overjoyed but can't get out of the car and then she just starts going into hysterics and Serena is just sitting there having a conversation with her kid and like <laughs> gloating and then she gets back in the car they drive away and like Serena says as long as my baby is safe so is yours yeah she threatens her um, and uh yeah it's just so like horrible like offer it goes from like begging and pleading just like please stop the car please turn around please let me see my child please 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 and then just starts like going you are fucking evil you are a monster <laughs> And then she uses the uh, the see you next Tuesday word. Uh, yeah. And then Serena is just like, don't get upset. That's not good for the baby. Which is like, oh, man, battle lines. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I tell you, uh, you know, a mother's love for her child, mm-hmm. you know, don't cross it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, what I, what I would do. You know, for, if somebody hurt my kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, meanwhile, um, uh, Putnam is being put on trial. The, the the patriarchy is talking about what to do with them. And, of course, since he expects to maybe get himself caught one day, he's Fred is asking for some sort of leniency on Putnam. 
<laughs> but yeah, and he's and he's acting very nonchalant yeah. about all this. His his work's piling up on his desk. Yeah. So yeah, like let's 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 get this over with. You know, we got to go easy on him. He's a good guy, whatever. But his wife asked that her husband receive the harshest punishment possible because uh, she fears for his immortal soul and knows he must make an offering to God to find redemption. And so they take his hand, which uh, was pretty gross to watch. That was. That was really gross. Um, so uh, Alfred goes to talk to Fred and begs him to protect her daughter and then he asks if the baby is his and Alfred says of course and then Fred says you do that so well so maybe Fred just kind of like just chooses to believe it but he knows better he knows that they're mm-hmm. she's lying that she's been playing him um and then Alfred opens a package and it's just letters from handmaids to you know their spouses or to their loved ones yeah but it was I mean still it was it was very powerful. It it was like this is as powerful as a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can get these letters out to people and cause you know change because of these letters. Yes. Every single one of those letters going to somebody, letting them know that they're still alive and that they love them, and you know, and to save them, maybe you know, would probably cause. You know, quite a bit of uprising in Little America or you know, the surrounding areas where the people have escaped to. Uh, so uh, Fred makes peace with Serena. He says, hey, once we get this baby, she's going to be gone and we're going to be a family all together, you know. Uh, all the all the lust will be out of the house. <laughs> um, so there's a three bells, a death knell. Um the handmaids are summoned. They form a circle and they all grab a stone. And it turns out that uh, the person to be executed now is Janine, who just walks out. She's like, hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> What's up? How have you been? It's me, Janine. And meanwhile, like, Aunt Lydia is like tearing up as she's telling the girls what they need to do. Yeah, this is so weird because it's like. Lydia doesn't want to do this. The handmaids don't want to do Nobody wants to do this. Right. Why are we here? Why? Why is it, Who's forcing us to do this? But Lydia believes in the, the system well enough. Or, belie- or maybe even is trying to preserve her own power enough to, that she knows she ultimately has to go through with this. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote down another one. Janine says, not too hard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> too bad yeah yeah and then so so the the it's about to get started and of all people uh the second off glenn is the one that resists she's the first one who's like aunt lydia are you serious and gets like cracked across the mouth and dragged away like she's the one that like wants wanted to preserve herself the most and Mm -hmm. and she's the one that goes gets knocked knocked down for it and then um the guards are like surrounding Aunt Lydia comes out and is like, no, no, no. These girls are in my charge. And then Afra just drops the rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia. I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia. Yeah, just calling back to the beginning of the episode. And they're mm-hmm. all saying, I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia. I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia. Yeah. Well, June, I mean, she's in a position where 
she can almost get away with anything mm-hmm. because she's pregnant. She has a, she, her. Uh, she, it's something has changed. It's different now. Mm-hmm. She can do. She has a little bit longer leash because she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And then so Aunt Lydia says, "Go home. There will be consequences." Dot mm. dot dot. Um, so they march home as an army, Alfred in the lead, and we have Feeling Good playing on the score, which. What did you think about that? What feeling good? What song? Oh, the like birds in the R- sky. You know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, like R and B. Yeah, feeling good. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they like as they're walking down the street, they like uh, they they drop off as they go to their own home, right. and then she's the last one to go to her. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I just ah oh, that song. That uh, speaking of six feet under. <laughs> Like that song, I identify with as a six feet under song. I feel it's like kind of overdone at this point. Um, but it was all right. Oh, it's Nina Simone. Nina Simone, that's right. Uh, so we catch up with Moira, who's running through a snowy field. She finds a garage. She brushes the dust off at license plate, and oh my god, it's an Ontario oh plate. It's Ontario. Oh thank god, <laughs> Canada. And then it's like she's processed in the center. She's a refugee. Oh my god, can we talk about how wonderful this scene is? Because it starts out very small. Mm-hmm. You think we're just in a room with this uh the guy from Canada who's telling her, you know, she's a refugee. We have uh your oh, you came on a good day, we have macaroni and cheese today. If you came on Thursday we have turkey tetrazini, <laughs> which sounds disgusting. But you know, are you hungry? Do you want, you just want to book and go sit in a corner yeah, and process? Have some this? money, you want some insurance? We got some insurance here. Hey, welcome here's, to Canada. Some, you want some clothes? Here's some free insurance. Here's some clothes here's your 250 dollars you need a shower here's- we got a shower hey pick a book <laughs> yeah, yeah i wrote in capital letters then, i love canada <laughs> yeah and then the scene opens up to to you see that this is this is huge this is a huge uh organization that they have processed in these refugees mm-hmm. that come across the border constantly you know I, I thought that was a great scene and she's just like uh <sighs> What? Tell me her name. What is her name again? Moira. Uh, Wiley. Oh, Samara Wiley. Yeah. Samara. Oh my gosh, she's amazing mm-hmm. in this scene. Just she's just in shock. She's in shock. She's so. And I think that. And I'm gonna cry, but just um, you know, we're so numb. Some of this in this country to the idea of what a refugee is is somebody escaping a traumatic situation, yeah. and for people to. Uh, for for a country to to open their arms for people who are running from traumatic situations and to give them you know everything they need yeah. i mean this is this this should i mean just speak volumes to people who are so jealous and so afraid that somebody's going to get something mm-hmm. that they don't deserve it it's so good. Like I, it, it felt me, it filled me up with such a great feeling when this is happening to Moira, and then Luke finds her, and the, then Luke, and then we find out that Moira is on his. When he said that she, he he was called because she was on his list. Yeah, she's Let me family. Tell you, I don't television movies. I'm so hardened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so cynical. Nothing gets to me. But that scene, uh, I just, it, it was very emotional. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, moving to, you know, sh- she's not his family, but she's his family. Yeah. So good. So good. I'm so happy so that Moira got away. 
So yeah. So we just have to worry about Alfred and Hannah and I guess Janine. <laughs> <laughs> um, wherever Emily is. Um, so in the last scene, um, Alfred's in her room waiting for someone to come and punish her. She's, the, you know, the, she refused the resistance, hashtag resistance. And uh, she says she should feel terrified, but instead she feels serene. Um, yeah, she doesn't know what's going to happen. But, oh, but Nick comes in and whispers very quietly. Oh, it was, oh, you know, uh, just go with them. I've, I've made arrangements. Is that what he says? Well, he just says, trust me. Trust me. So you don't know, has he made arrangements for her? Is he helping her escape? Mm-hmm. Are they going to have a future to get, uh, are the two of them going to raise this child? Uh I do not know what's going to happen in season two. Like I could, it was all I could do to keep from starting season two because <laughs> that's good. Like it was a, I I love season finales like this that leaves the door wide open. The uh, the um, you know the options that the writers could uh-huh. take. Uh, you know, we may never see Fred and uh, Serena Joy ever again. Mm-hmm. We may this may be a completely different show in season two, and just like introducing the Mexican delegates, mm-hmm. in, you know, earlier in in the episodes, like we could we could see Mexico, we could you know we could see a lot more of Canada. Mm-hmm. Like it opens up a lot more uh, opportunities for for where the story is going to go. Just so you know, this is pretty. Exciting. This is how the book ends. Really, yeah. she's taken away. You don't know where she's going. There's an epilogue where, like, uh, these guardians or whatever, these lawmakers, years in the future, like, find her journals and just kind of, like, um, you know, I think they um, find reports on where she might have been, maybe identify who this woman was. Um, You know, and I won't say what was mentioned in the epilogue, but, but, uh, yeah, they pretty much did the book. I mean... They did, you know, some variations on things, but um, uh-huh. that's pretty much how it ends. Uh, th- a couple other things I want to mention before um, we wrap up. The, uh, Rita finds the letters, so Rita has the letters now. Uh, I think I, Rita. Oh yeah, 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 Alfred, yeah. Rita Alfred, the uh, the Martha. The Martha. Yeah. I love Fred and Serene just being like, "Where are you taking her? I want to know. I demand." And they're just like, "Nope." <laughs> Yeah, they're like, like I thought these people were supposed to be in power. They have no power. Yeah, yeah. Like, who has the power? Oh, well, you know, I guess, you know, it, it, I'm not sure if it's their, it's eyes that took them away. If they were guardians, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that government works. I'm assuming that the eyes mm-hmm. have power over, like they're kind of like the secret police, you know? So I'm assuming it's eyes. But, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, she's uh, being driven away. And, and I love how she kind of gets a smirk on it. She's being let out of the house because, you know, like, wherever she's going, she's getting the hell away from Fred and Serena. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she's in the van, and, and they're playing uh, American Girl. Which is a good ending song. A little jarring because it's so, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's upbeat. It's upbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Season 2. We're going to be talking about five episodes. I'll give you the episode titles. Um, June, okay. which, of course, you know, Season 1's uh-huh. first episode is called Offred, so this episode is called June. Then Unwomen, uh, Baggage, 
other women and seeds. And I have some teases. <laughs> and I just like my, my first note is like, this is really hard to give teases to you without giving away what happens to Alfred. <laughs> because like I'm trying to tease like five episodes and obviously But so I only got I only have a, like a limited amount of teases here. Um Okay. My first tease um worst Red Sox game ever. <laughs> hmm. Oh god. Anyway, um Okay. Really painful looking bloody scene which only proves more only more proves that Offred is a badass. Uh Oh god, do we see her giving birth? Oh lord. Next is no one told I mean cuz I mean so the most disgusting thing to me is given is going through childbirth outside of a hospital. <laughs> that really freaks me mm-hmm. out. Next tease is no one told Offred that life would be this way. Um, <laughs> next is is uh, we catch up with Emily and Janine and find out what their fates are. Okay. Um, um, I will tease that Emily gets a little bit of payback. We get a, hmm. a nice uh, uh, flashback of what happened with Emily. Um, okay. We also meet Alfred's mother, and I won't tell you when and where. Uh, <laughs> Also, um, okay, so my last tease is someone loses a tongue, someone loses teeth, and most other people lose their shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Happy roads ahead. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, well, I hope everybody joins us for season two of Handmaid's Tale. Um, we've got some ideas of what we want to do in the future, but maybe not set in stone, so might not want to wrap uh, mentioned it yet, but I think we're gonna we're trying to finish up uh, Handmaid's Tale in like three more weeks, maybe. I think that's what I'm okay. about. Yeah, trying to get it done before I head off to uh, Vancouver, where I'll be wearing a, an amazing red jacket that mm-hmm. someone awesome gave to me, and uh, uh, seeing all the sights and posting lots of pictures. I can't wait. Nobody cares, Robin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have a great trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm only going to say this at the end of every podcast leading up to it. So, all right. So, uh, anything else? Um, uh, that is all. Oh, let's rip this Band-Aid off. Yeah. Let's uh, uh, rip this tooth out or tongue out or, uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> misery. <laughs> misery. Porn. Bye, everybody. Blessed be. Bye. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Smash the patriarchy. Yeah!